the Agents of Game podcast. It has been entirely too long, but we uh, have filled up on CES goodness at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and uh, we are back with you. I am Dave, and with me is Matt and Sean. How are you guys doing? Doing Pretty well. Good. Super excited. It was fun to be in CES. Saw tons of cool stuff. Yes, it was. And hi, I'm Dan. I'm here as well. <laughs> <laughs> Bad times. Such a Nancy. Dan, your voice has gotten so much deeper since the last time I heard you. What's what's changed? <laughs> I I stopped sitting down on uncomfortable things and got larger pants, and now it's much deeper than it used to be. Everything's kind of unwound itself. It's returning to normal. That's I think funny. I'm going to start singing the Shaft theme song. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Uh, but sadly, Dan is not with us. We are recording late, and he has an early bedtime. I, I, I sleep is overrated. I don't know. Anyway, Sean and I were at CES, as was Matt Peters, um, who is not with us tonight. Much awesomeness was what was had. What were some of the favorite things you saw, Sean? Uh, you know, actually, I just uh, did a presentation on that at my uh, at my other job. Um, so I think uh, really my favorite stuff was maybe the less flashy things. And it was the teaching kids kind of technology, the teaching kids to program, teaching kids about hardware engineering, teaching kids about science. There's a bunch of really cool stuff. Like one of the one of the probably neatest things was for whatever reason, it was from Bose, but it was in the far back corner of the Sands Convention Center. It's called Bose Build. And it was this the basic concept of it was. It was a little kit that you could do with your kids, and by the end of it, you built this small plastic box speaker uh, that would work great in a kid's room or whatever, and you could plug your phone into it, or you could plug an iPad into it, and it would play decent-sounding music. I mean, it was still a Bose speaker, um, but it was, but that was kind of the end project of it. The, the whole thing started out with the, at the very simple end of what a speaker technology is, and it was a magnet with a little metal coil and a power cord running to it and that all ran back to your app and on your app you could tell it how much power you wanted to send through the coil and depending on how much power you sent the the coil would jump a different amount a little bit of power just a little bit of a jump all the power it would kind of jump off the magnet and that was kind of where it started and then it was this whole series of different science projects uh that walks you through what waveforms were what frequency is in a waveform what amplitude is uh you end up building a small paper speaker uh mm -hmm. just out of some simple paper and then that that magnet and the coil and that made kind of a cruddy little sound but you still got the <laughs> idea of what a speaker was and then you switched over and you started building the actual big plastic speaker box uh so it was really cool you learned a lot doing that Tons of cool, like, teaching kids programming robots. You know, Lego had their new uh, Lego Boost was there, uh, which is, I don't want to say, I don't think it's really meant to be a replacement for Mindstorms. Maybe it is. Maybe I didn't hear exactly. But it seemed like maybe it was targeted at a wider range of kids, maybe a younger range, or uh, it, a lot of the projects were more accessible than the Mindstorms. The Mindstorms kind of throws you into things. And just lets you figure things out on your own and do whatever projects you want on your own. This one yeah. had some real specific projects. Yeah, the Lego Boost was one of the favorite booths I saw along those lines. Um, basically yeah. build and program your own Lego robots yeah. um, and get them doing cool things. Which I really want to get from my son because he loves Legos and he loves programming and like making his own levels and things and making things do things. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, this is totally for him. I mean, the... I think the box, the base kit came with, like, there was five different projects. You could do, like, a guitar, a Lego building robot. Like, it, it could take all the pieces and build them together. Wow. Uh, some of the concept things that the, the guys were just had done on their own was, like, a, a robot that drove around, found a person, and shot darts at them and stuff. <laughs> uh, but the guitar sounded really good. It sounded like an actual guitar. Um, the little Lego building one was really cool. Um, there was four or five other projects in the box that it could do. And the programming language is really neat. The programming language is a series of, you know, you pull a little module over, like the module might say flash a light. And then after you flash the light, you want the robot to drive forward. So then there's a, just a driving module and you can set how fast you want it to drive and 
and then you just link them together with little spaghetti strings of uh, of drag and drop lines. And so it's really a neat way to teach kids how to code. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah, and it seems like, though, for every one thing that was like that, they had two or three where it was, hey, people, buy this robot so you don't have to be a parent anymore. Right. Look, this one can <laughs> read to your kids. Look, this one can tell them stories. This one can play with them. Yep. And there was a super creepy one that was like, it was maybe toddler sized. I don't know if you saw this one, but it was pink and it was about toddler sized. It almost kind of looked like a toddler sized Power Ranger. And then his feet were kind of like in a little car almost. And it just kind of drove around and the the guy literally presented it as this is a a friend for your kids so he can play with it. It's like, no, that's super (laughs) creepy and weird. Like he's got friends he can go play with. This is bizarre And, and really like socially isolating and strange. And yeah. Well, and, and like they had some other ones where like it, it was robots for you to like to make friends with your friends robots so like they they shake hands but when they shake hands they link and so like on on your robot you could watch your friend's camera which isn't creepy at all <laughs> right that is bizarre yeah, that's actually the front page one on the age. If you're looking at the Agents of Game Facebook page, it's the uh, Day Three robots. Mm. They look kind of ang- like angry Mega Man robots, but then they open up and make different faces and turn on cameras and stuff. Um, I'm gonna have to step back a se- just a second here and say, like, I I have a fairly severe neck injury, and so CES was absolutely brutal. And basically, by the time Sunday hit, my body was shutting down. So I haven't uploaded nearly as much as I would like to. But stay tuned because I'm going to be uploading a lot more videos and and stuff with that. Awesome. Um, Because we got some videos of that robot and it was just creepy. Yeah, I want to see that. I did not catch that one. One thing that I did learn that I think was kind of cool. um, So my son got one of those uh, from his grandparents, got one of the Sphero BB-8 robots uh, for Christmas. I didn't realize this. We went to the Sphero booth and they had the little clear plastic uh, Sphero robots that they use, again, for teaching. It has a programming language that you can use to program it to do stuff, and they use it with teaching kids programming. In talking to the lady, I guess the body of the BB-8 is just that robot. It's no different than the learning robot, mm-hmm. and so it actually works with the programming language. So anybody out there that has a BB-8 right now, you can go get Sphero's programming language. It was like lightning learning or lightning program, something like that. I mean, we can Google it. But you can, your Sphero BB-8 that you got to just play with with your remote control is fully programmable. You can make him do a bunch of cool stuff. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, Sean, I, I just linked to you on the Facebook page the picture that I think is the the robot you were talking about. Ooh, nice. Um, th- there were several that could have fit that description, but I think the way you described it is probably this one. There's a pink one and a blue one, and I've got both of them in the picture. But anyway... Yeah, Sphero had a lot of really cool stuff. So we actually went to the Sphero area, and they had like what looked like a little alleyway set up, and then they had some rooms, and they said showrooms on there. And there was no one there to ask, and so we thought, okay, well, the showroom, let's, let's go in and take a look. It didn't say employees only. It didn't say anything like that. So we went in there, and we were taking pictures. I was, I was taking pictures and filming, and the guy I was with uh, <laughs> was doing a Facebook Live. <laughs> and so later one of the booth people comes in and say, uh, how did you get in here? Well, we opened the door. Did you ask? Uh, we didn't see anyone to ask. You're going to have to delete everything from your cameras. Yeah. <laughs> and so oh, yeah, yeah, he actually was looking at our devices to make sure we deleted it, and we did. We're neglecting to mention that <laughs> it was a Facebook Live video, and there's no getting that back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is totally it. This creepy blue one and then the pink one is right behind it. Yeah, this is yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a little screen and it plays with your kids and like gets them hooked on screens as well and it's Yeah. 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 It was that's a weird choice. I think they missed their mark on teaching kids on that one. That was bizarre. Well, the point is not to teach kids. The point is to make it so you don't have to be a parent anymore. Yeah, yeah. Or they don't have to make real-life friends. <sighs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty depressing. You know, and there was a lot of really cool health stuff there. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, assisted living devices. There was a, a really nice mobility aid, which I will 
No, it's not a mobility. It's just a giant mech. I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a giant mech, and actually the company is not too far from where I am. So in May, they've invited us out for a demo of their their mech racer. And when I say a mech, I'm talking about like, what would you guess, maybe 30 feet wide, 15 feet tall? It kind is of a thing. freaking enormous. It is as big as... I mean, it's bigger than like your sh- like if you have a, you might have a, like a shed in the backyard. It's not something you would keep out there. It's as big as your garage. I mean, it was yeah. enormous. Wow. <laughs> it was huge. And uh, yeah, I want I I want that. And it's, it's all big white like uh, steel piping and stuff like that. It's not some little rickety mech that's gonna fall apart. Like this thing could go out like on the battlefield and start mech wars like right now <laughs> today you could put a machine gun on it and it would be ready to rock you could probably put several machine guns and that would be a very fun toy yeah um and the same company that did that uh i believe it was furion i'd have to double check um but also had this big party bus so it's a gigantic party bus it's got all sorts of gigantic tvs on the inside and outside and you're thinking party bus that's cool and all on the roof it had a hot tub and on the roof mm-hmm. it also had a helicopter yeah, that was super no cool. No way. A real yeah. helicopter, yes. Like a small, like, one or two-man helicopter. It's not going to go too horribly far, but yeah, it's it's straight-up helicopter. And uh, so if people are thinking about, uh, you know, th- things to buy for Agents of Game, you know, that could be our official Agents of Game uh, there you touring go. vehicle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> But they had a lot of really neat things there and a lot of things that uh, connected homes were huge. I was surprised to see NVIDIA getting into the connected home yeah. market, but you know it makes sense because that's the direction everything's going. Well, and they're getting into a little bit of everything. They're in cars. They have, what's the, they have an AI chip. I mean, NVIDIA is kind of doing it all at this point. Well, and it, it was fun with, uh, I, did you actually make it inside the NVIDIA press conference? No, no, that was the day before I got there, actually. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you weren't there yet. Well, anyway, so they had a really long line for a lot of the press conferences, but NVIDIA's was open to everybody that wasn't just press, and it was the night before the main show opened. So day one and day two were media only, and then they have four days of open to everybody who's at CES. And it was right before the four days they're open to everybody else. So a lot of people were there anyway, and I get in line, I have to travel from a different hotel, because they have, at the different convention centers, they have different setups. So I'm I'm getting there, I'm thinking I'm early enough to be able to make it in, and then I see this line. And the line is snaking through the Venetian, and the Venetian is a huge hotel, but it's not just one long line, it's snaking back and forth. And if I had to guess, and I'm trying not to exaggerate, I think the mile was probably at least three quarters of a mile long when I got in it. And people were getting in in line behind me because I got there kind of early. And I'm thinking, I'm never going to make it in there. There's just too many people. So I'm waiting in line for about 15 minutes. And someone says to me, "Uh, hey, you've got a media badge. You don't need to be in line. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I get out of line, and I, I, I was in a hurry at this point, so it didn't occur to me until I got in the room. But I should have just been doing like the royal wave as I slowly walk by everybody in line. <laughs> yeah, and then I just walked right in, grabbed a seat, and uh, got to watch the amazing Nvidia show with uh, some Mass Effect footage. It was awesome. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that that looked like it would have been a cool show. Oh man, you have a hilarious picture in this in this set of photos that I was flipping through where it's there's like three or four people all on a couch just completely passed out. <laughs> I can't oh, yeah. explain to people how many times I would walk by there were, be people just sitting on the floors in the back alleyways of the CES just completely passed out. Not just like nodding off or like relaxing, just stone cold out i don't know if people were just like running from morning until night every day but it was nice that i was there just kind of relaxing like i was wandering looking at cool stuff i didn't have any stress or any of that stuff where it was making me pass out in the middle of a crowd of a billion people Uh, well, yeah, it was, well, I'm assuming some people had jet lag, but aside from that, it was long. Like, if you're media, you were there for, if, if you're their media or an exhibitor, you might be there for a full week. 
Right. And it's long and exhausting, and it's awesome. It's definitely awesome. Anyone who has a chance to go should definitely go at least once in your lifetime. And there was a lot of stuff that I didn't, I mean, as exhausting as it was, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we saw, and I wish I could have seen more, but there was stuff you didn't expect to see. Like, I have a picture of a car made by Corning, like yeah. Corning glassware, and they had a really cool display. And Corning I, had a very cool display. Yeah, did you get a uh, glassy? No. Uh, yeah, you can get, like, basically it's like a selfie, but you can see it in there. It's basically just a glass. You could look through it. It looks like a normal window, but then it turns into a screen. Oh, okay. Ooh. Um, window and, or mirror? I played around in their mirror for a while. Uh, it was a window. You could see through it. Oh, okay. The one I'm talking about, you could see through. Okay. Yeah. And Ca- uh, Casio was there. Apparently, they still exist and were trying to get me to their press <laughs> conference, which I blew off. Sorry, Casio. <laughs> uh, Kodak apparently still exists. Did you mm-hmm. see their their booth looked really really cool? It looked like it a like a playhouse. Yeah. I uh, did you actually look at it? I didn't. No, I saw that Kodak was there, and it's like, oh, Kodak's not a thing anymore, and then just walked past. <laughs> the um, one thing that I I it's not new. Um, they've had it for a few years. They have a really cool cube thing that is it's not really a it's an it's an action camera we'll call it it's definitely not a competition for gopro or anything but i have a friend at my job that's got one and it's actually really neat it's it's just maybe a one inch by one inch or one inch cubed cube that's just got a tiny little action camera in it and it's actually really neat it's good for like he throws it on his snowboard and it goes off as he goes down the snowboarding and stuff and it yeah. It looks really good. So they they have some cool stuff, but yeah, and they had a lot of uh, drone mounted cameras as well that were really cool. Um, they had several helicopter drones that were designed as like an air, uh, manned aerial vehicle. Yeah, I think in terms of sheer spectacle, aside from the party bus and the mech, LEG's tunnel of LED love was amazing. Yeah, the the LG tunnel of TVs was super cool, and then their super thin TVs were really cool. Yeah, they they won best of show, and LG uh, uh, sorry LG had by far the best press conference. It was an amazing press conference, and their TV is seventy seven inches, less than a tenth of an inch thick. A tenth of an inch oh. thick. It's just wow. That's I, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, they're using, uh, basically, to get, there are limits to how much color you, we could get on, on the current generation of LEDs and OLEDs and all that, uh, how much color, how much light, how much dark. Um, so LG is solving that by using nanocube technology. Samsung's using quantum dot to get around that. Both of them, just their, their, their colors and the lights and the darks look amazing. Like, you look at a TV, and when a TV's turned on, you usually don't see really good black. It's sort of like an, a grayish. Mm-hmm. But the blacks, when it was on, look, looked like it should. It looked dark, and it was oh, so much want. CES was filled with so much want. I just want three of everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, I, there were so many different things that I wanted. The, a bunch of cool exercise stuff. A gar, or no, a TomTom wearable, just like a exercise type watch, but it's completely geared towards golf. Uh, that was kind of neat. It knows about the course that you're on. It knows how far you're hitting the ball. Things like that. That was really cool. So yeah. there's something technolo- technologically I don't understand. I'm, I'm also flipping through some of the pictures as well while we're talking here. And they had lots of uh, gaming booths set up that showed either professional gamers or turn- like mini tournaments or things like that. What is the deal with racing chairs? And will I never be a serious streamer as long as I don't own a racing chair? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I don't. I would just rather <laughs> sit in a regular chair or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I, it's not my thing either. But but it's, it's like, like it reminds me of the glasses thing. You know, those yellow glasses that you can get to supposedly reduce the strain on your eyes. Oh, the, the black the blue light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gutter I mean, glasses. You know, it's not it's not something that you absolutely need. Sure, it might help a little bit, but I it's a chair, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that Samsung presentation or the Samsung tour was super cool. Yeah. I didn't get yeah. to go on any of the other ones, but it was really neat. One thing I wish the the 
the video didn't turn out as well as I was hoping it would, so I'm not sure if I'm going to use the video, but there is a company that was there. Did you see the company that does the 3D printed, um, super high quality stuff of licensed video game material? No, huh? No, they have they have official licenses. So so it's not just some guy going out and doing Halo or Smite or Ark stuff. It's officially licensed, and they do like all sorts of video gaming stuff. And I will post a link on the Agents of Game page to this stuff. But I'll, I'll use they have all sorts of licenses. But I'll use Ark for an example. So you could get a 3D printed T Rex, but when you go to their website, <laughs> it has all the movement animations. So you could select walking, you could select attacking, you could select like roaring, you could select oh, any of cool. the animations that the Rex does. And then there's a slider to slide through the animation, so you could select the exact moment of it you want. Ooh, if you, super cool. If you like Halo 5, not just can you get the the Halo Spartans that are out there, but there's a lot of character customization in in Halo and other games. And so you can get your Spartan made with all of your personal coloring, armor variants, any of that. You could get your personal Spartan made. Oh, cool. Um, It kind of reminds me of there's a... One of my friends uh, at work is really big into tabletop gaming and especially D&D. Mm-hmm. And there's a company out there, I can't remember what it's called now, uh, but you can order cu- fully customized tabletop figures, just D&D figures, whatever you want to call them. But, I mean, you can add wings and tails and move them and pose them, and you do it all on the computer, and it's all an online order, and it's 3D printed, but you can completely customize them however you want, articulate them however you want, completely set them up, and then order them. You can even, this one, you can even do it right down to the material. Like, they have a real cheap, cruddy material. They have a really high-end, high-detail material. Or then they have a real high-end metal material, but you lose a little bit of detail. So there's all this really cool trade-offs to it. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. A lot of the stuff we're talking about, um, I am going to be, if I haven't already posted it on the Agents of Game Facebook page or the website, I'll be doing it one or the other and I'll try to reference it. But if anyone listening has any questions about any of this stuff, feel free to message us on the Facebook page or on Twitter. I'm at Davealicious AOG. Sean, where are you? should just be S. Morrison 20. Very cool. And Matt, you no longer do Twitter, so. Yeah, pretty much. Matt, why no Twitter? Um, It just didn't. It seemed like there was any point to it. <laughs> Matt's not a big social media guy. Gotcha. I'm not a social media guy at all. I I don't do Facebook hardly at all, you know. And in the in Twitter's case, I I didn't really have any friends. I mean, there was no one to talk to on it, so what was the point? <laughs> <laughs> there was me. I sent you messages occasionally. Yes, exactly. But Twitter, it seems to me it's more about, uh, you know, advertising your stuff or if you're some kind of public figure. And I'm not going to mention any names. I don't want to stir up a mess of political stuff here. But, you know, you can send out a message to a lot of people. But if you're just an average Joe, there's less value in the program to me. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, but at the same, I don't know. You start to, I don't know. There's some, there's some interactions that that help out. Mine for anybody that wants to follow me is almost entirely me screaming at customer service at McDonald's. <laughs> and tonight I was screaming at the the Microsoft customer service through the the Twitters. Um, and it's gotten me really interesting followers. The lady that voices Siri is one of my followers. She follows wow. everybody. She um, follows. The, uh, she follows all three of my accounts. The uh, um, she didn't that, follow my account. Yeah, see, <laughs> and she didn't follow mine for. I had Twitter for like five years, so don't just dismiss it like that. This is just within the last like six months. Tay Diggs uh, started following me at CES. Like the Tay Diggs started following oh, me was at CES. Yeah, the Mindy Mindy Kaling or whatever her name is. The oh, she doesn't she was follow on the me. Office. She started following me. Yeah. So, Very nice. Yeah, yeah. You pick up weird little things like that here and there. The guy who makes Sharknado and other movies started following me at CES as well. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's Sharknado. such a good thing. No, that's an amazing thing. Sharknado is is unbelievably uh, powerful, important movie. Man, it is the best. And yeah, there have been there have been a few famous people that follow <laughs> me, but most of them. 
uh, just for full disclosure here, most of the famous people who follow me, and there are probably a dozen at this point, are people who follow 10,000 or 100,000 <laughs> accounts. So, I mean, yeah, maybe it's cool that I am in their top favorite 10,000 people, but I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. they're following me more so I follow them back. It's a big deal, yeah. Uh, I also use it a lot too. I won't lie. I follow Victoria's Secret Angels, and that's always a good thing to follow. If you're going to be on Twitter, anyways, there's a lot of good pictures that they end up posting there or Instagram, I guess. Uh, yeah, I won't yeah. lie. I, I would think that Instagram <laughs> and Snapchat would be more the home for that kind of thing, but it, it works. goes. It, it all gets to all of them, so it's a uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you can double post when you're posting to Instagram. You can post on both. So yeah, found out. I mean, you find out all sorts of cool things. I found out Felicia Day's having a baby because I follow her on the Twitter. I mean, Matt, you're not plugged in. You don't know that super awesome redheaded nerd girls are having babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm one of those kind of selfish, conceited individuals. Unless she's having my baby, I'm I'm really not interested. Well, I mean, if you're do you on have Twitter, something maybe to tell you us? find out that it was your baby. Do you know it's not your baby? <laughs> I can pretty much be guaranteed it's not my baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what the NSA has sucked out of you and to put into other people. <laughs> Uh, good times good times the wonderful conversations we have on this podcast (laughs) which i will say it again i think i've said it before but speaking of conspiracy theories anybody that is not listening to last podcast on the left is missing out it is a fabulous podcast all about crazy shit it's just conspiracy theories aliens magic and serial killers I mean, everyone should be listening to it maybe start listening to it you might end up out in your front lawn screaming at the neighbors about how the lizard aliens are controlling a barack obama but that's okay because they <laughs> need to know the truth <laughs> uh, can they start controlling Donald Trump, that would make me they, really well, they happy. Will. I mean, they have they don't need to yet. And and tomorrow they will start controlling him because they'll be done controlling Barack Obama. And yeah. Yeah. yeah they only have to control the people that are in charge. They they only have so much power. It's gotta be better with lizard aliens, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, uh, in other news, uh, how about that Nintendo Switch? What are you guys? What are your thoughts on that? Super excited. Have mine pre-ordered, ready to rock. It's in the chamber. Have you seen it, Matt? Matt, oh, you infuriated him. He died. He's like, screw the Nintendo Switch. So, uh, I I missed the the news. I caught a lot of the feedback from people about it, but I was lying down heavily medicated with a cold washcloth over my face in a darkened room with earplugs <laughs> in. So I did not hear the actual press conference. It sounded like they revealed a price point and it's a little bit higher than people were expected. How much was that supposed to? It's 300 I think people were expecting around 250 I was expecting like 500 so half price was good for me. Well, uh, and... I was not the disappointed person because I kept thinking, yeah, they got to compete against current gen, so it's not going to be lower than 300 I didn't figure it'd be lower than that. I was somewhere between three and five. Five was on the high end. I I don't know. It's it felt like five hundred. So I'm glad that it's not. But yeah, and it's it's supposed to do is uh, the Zelda game at 900p at 30 frames a second, which isn't bad at all. It's definitely not five hundred dollar console power. But uh, I, yeah, for what it is, I think that's probably about right. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's going to be really cool. I think you know it's still. Uh, I mean, I guess I've got one pre-ordered, but that's just because I, I, it does, I go back and forth between really wanting it and wanting to put it in the wait and see column. Yeah. Because I I really want, like, the, the Wii U was a fine system. There was nothing wrong with it. The graphics looked great. The control pad was nice. I've never really cared for the Wii U controllers, but the control pad was great. But they lost it on developer support. It's the only thing that ever was a drawback for me. So that's, again, my wait and see is, yeah, they've got Bethesda lined up, but is that going to fall through? Like, they did that with the Wii U. They had this big wall of developer names. But realistically, I think the only thing they had to do to get on with that wall was, you know, give Nintendo $5,000 to buy a dev kit. And is that all that this is going to turn out to be, too? 
I'm a little bit torn for a completely tangential reason. So there was at CES, there was a developer or uh, some people we saw that had a Wii U, or not a Wii U, a Switch. Mm. And it it looked just like the Switch. And they've had proto, they've had working models of it since 2014. And it looks, it it basically looks like Nintendo just did a copy of it. Now, I I will say there, full disclosure, um, we have not contacted Nintendo, so don't sue us saying we said stuff that, but, but... (laughs) But the the man we spoke with, who it's his company, um, he's got a lawsuit going with Nintendo in several companies because it looks the same. The design is really similar. The the purpose is the functionality. It it looks like all right. We do have a picture of of the thing um, on the uh, CES Day Two stuff. You can unplug it and connect it. It's got a port for it. You could the 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 controllers remove from the sides, reattach to the sides. It's a switch. Yeah, you know, the things like that always end up falling through for people because they, they're always able to prove what, uh, what do they call it, the where two people kind of naturally end up at the same design? Well, you could, you could uh, have that where it's, that. Um, and, and yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, but this was, they had working models in 2014 and the Switches still isn't out yet and it's going to be out in 2017. But it looks like this also does glasses-free 3D, which I guess the Switch doesn't, so maybe the Switch is being original. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, the the picture I linked to you and the picture right after it kind of show a little bit more of it. What is this? Oh, it's a bunch of cables. This uh, you're sitting in a uh, in a throne of of cabling. Yes, the the game of cables. Yeah. I like the, it. The the cables of throne, I don't know. I didn't see any of these. I didn't go to the speaker sound area. I missed out on all that. Oh, and there's the beautiful mech again. But yeah, so I, I am cautiously optimistic about the Switch. I think if I get back into Nintendo, this is going to be the thing that gets me back into it. And I want to. Sure. And I like that you know my kids can play it and my wife can play it without having to worry about every game being a first-person shooter. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic about the Switch, but we will have to see. At the same time, you walked by a thousand of those Chinese booths that were all knockoffs of everything. So, I yes. mean, <laughs> I don't even know what the rules are anymore. Rules? There are rules in this yeah. game? There's definitely not rules in uh, in Shenzhen, that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that that's... Chinese for industries or something like that because there were like 50 Shenzhen's out there. Okay, what it is is it's a marketing, it's a marketing, that's not the right word, it's a it's a manufacturing prefect or area in Mm -hmm. that has special rules that they set up that China has set this prefect up, this area, city, whatever you want to call it, county, that is meant for just marketing. It has lower regulations on import export it has different regulations on um, people coming uh, outside diplomats and outside business people coming into it to visit how long people can be there to work and trade thing it has a whole and so the whole area is shenzhen is like a city or again like this this county type area that's just for manufacturing and so that's why each of those booths says shenzhen something or other because that's where it's from uh huh. And yeah. there, there are probably at least forty of them. Yeah, yeah. If not, more. they're all individual companies that are there. There are, there's different companies, and some of them work, you know, together and organically and things like that. But it's set up as a special uh, manufacturing district. Oh yeah, there's the mech. I hadn't seen that picture. I just wanted to see it. I wanted to see it moving around because if somebody comes and looks at this picture you know if they go on the agent of games website or uh facebook page or whatever and looks at this picture even standing at it and walking around it you could not conceptualize how this thing moved well they do have if you look at furion's website um Mm. they do have more pictures and i know they have video of the party bus on there i think they have some video of the mech as well i'm not sure okay but you can okay. actually see the party bus in the back left of one of at least one of the mech pictures with the helicopter. Yeah, so much good stuff, Matt. We got to get you out to CES next year. <laughs> Sounds good. I would have loved to come this year. It just wasn't in the cards. Matt, you kind of blanked out for a minute. What, what do you think of uh, of Switch? 
Are you in it? <sighs> no. Um, I My problem with Nintendo is that they have gone almost 100% casual. You know, Dave is talking about how it's games that his his kids and his wife can just jump into. Okay, that's great, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's not enough to hold my interest. <laughs> Super Mario Maker, maybe if I was uh if I was really into level designing, that might have got my interest, but I haven't played a Super Mario game since um Super Mario 64. Where I've just been like, this is awesome, I need to own this. Same with Zelda games. <clears throat> Unfortunately, since uh, Majora's Mask came out, I've tried some of the other Zelda games on friends' consoles. Uh, you know, like uh, GameCube and on a Wii, I think my my brother-in-law had a Wii. And I played the latest Zelda game or whatever at the time. And it just didn't do it for me. Huh. So You're missing out. I don't know. Uh, um... Some of those have been really, really good. Wind Waker, I thought, was amazing. I absolutely loved Wind Waker. That one I didn't play. The one I played was the Twilight Princess, I think. Twilight Princess was freaking phenomenal. That is amazing I don't know. I I didn't care for it. Well, it it Uh, is a very different feel for the Zelda games. Like The the newer Zelda games that are N64 and newer feel very different. So I can see how it's hard to get in on those, especially if you were getting on when the controllers, like either the N64 or the GameCube controllers, which were not the best controllers ever made uh, either. Yeah, the controllers were a mess at the time. The Wii nunchucks or whatever they're called, I didn't care for those either. And, you know, I, I... If I was at a different stage in my gaming life, then yes, I probably would like some of the stuff that Nintendo has done recently. But where I'm at right now, none of the games that I've seen have the depth to keep me interested in them for more than a couple of days. And that's just not worth the $60, $70 to me anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So unless the Switch has some kind of groundbreaking Halo-esque game where it's like, if you are a gamer, you have to play this game. I don't see any reason to even pick it up. <laughs> well, the, think, the new right Zelda, the Zelda game, Zelda, yeah. the new yeah. Zelda game might be that game. Yeah, it, it's, it's totally going to be that game. I mean... Well, and not just is it Zelda, but, I mean, it did win Game of the Year at E3 last year, and no one was expecting anything good. I mean, you you have hardcore people at E3, and no one was expecting really anything big out of Nintendo, and they... that was Game of the Year for a lot of people there. Yeah, it's definitely... it's it's shot up my list. I've watched a couple of people playing it now, because, you know, more and more people are getting hands-on videos out there with it and some of the other things on Switch, and... You know, Fallon, I think, was playing around with it, and it looks gorgeous. It looks very Zelda-y. It looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, it it should be really cool. Breath of the Wild. Um, hmm. The the collector's editions of that game, the people are selling the pre-orders for the collector's edition, are going for more than the pre-orders of the Switch are on eBay. The, I've seen some going for like $600, and not just... These are sold auctions, like not just ones that people are trying to get $600. This is for like a $120 pre-order. Well, and and one other thing that I like about how this Zelda looks is it's hard to go from an 8-bit game and then a 16-bit game which, you know, <laughs> to, to something that's a modern game and still have it work well without being massively cartoony. And I got, and maybe this is just me and maybe people listening want to make fun of me for saying this, it kind of looks a, a little fable-ish. Yeah, it does. And, and I, for me, I think, okay, if you have to make a translation from the Zeldas 1, 2, and 3 to a modern-day game, I think that's an excellent choice to make, personally. Yeah, I, I think hmm. it hits it hits a really good middle ground in its graphics where it's not trying to be photorealistic, it's not trying to be, you know, The Witcher or something like that. It's But it's also not going back to 8-bit. And it's um, also not doing, like, the Mario cartoony type stuff, which yeah. it, it works for Mario, don't get me wrong, it works for Mario, but it doesn't work, I don't think that works for Zelda. Chibi or whatever they call that style. Yeah, yeah they're not trying to do that either. So, and they didn't, yeah, or what they did with Wind Waker. Wind Waker had that real cartoony look to it. I mean, it was, yeah, I loved that, was that game, but it had that. Yeah, about it. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. It should, that should be a really, for that system, I think it's what's going to keep it afloat for a while anyways. 
as far as a magic bullet, it's special sauce, whatever. I think it's going to be that game. <laughs> they do say that, you know, the Reggie, the North American CEO or whatever, keeps saying that there's a bunch of other games that aren't announced yet that are still coming out and that they're trying to go on a, a one big Nintendo-based game a month for that first year. So we'll see how it works out. Having no Mario up front, I think, was weird. I mean, that's your flagship character, not having a legitimate Mario until the holiday. So what, you know eight nine months after you've released it i think that's weird i don't that puts me off a little bit yeah you've got mario kart a month or two later but i don't consider that a legitimate mario no i that's not a real mario game yeah, yeah well and i would i i actually don't mind that if they're leading with other really strong titles yeah uh i think they're making a mistake not having the little uh, what is it one two switch i think that's going to be a mistake not having that as just a built-in game it's just screams tech demo uh it is not a 60 40 even 20 dollar game it is a built-in game that should just be coming with every system so people can play with the little the little techie things and the joy cons and things like that it's not a standalone game uh, for anybody listening that hasn't checked that one out, it's it's a series of, I think it's all just two-player, little tic-tac-y, silly games that kind of like, like you can, the original you can stare Wii the stuff. other person down. This is we'll Go out and Google this because there's some really creepy, weird videos. And people know that they're doing it. They're trying to be silly. But it's a cow milking game is one of the little mini games that's in it. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo's marketing all of this, this one-two switches, you don't even have to look at the screen to play it, which eh, I don't completely agree with. Some of them have a lot of haptic haptic response things built into the Joy-Con controller. And like with mm-hmm. this this milking one, they're like, you can go back to original games or you can stare the other person in the eye. So that a lot of the videos, if you Google them, are two people like creepily staring at each other while they make a milking motion which is also a (laughs) jerking off motion so it's super uncomfortable to watch (laughs) well but amazing at the same time weight from a couple of years ago it is very much like watching two people stare each other in the eye doing a shake weight with no shake weight so you know there's nothing in their hand um, so are you saying this isn't safe for me to get for my wife and kids anymore? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, some of the other games are, it's a whole bunch of just tiny little mini games like that. So there's the cow milking. There's another one where each person holds one half of the Joy-Con and the haptic response in it makes it feel like there's marbles and you've got to get all the marbles to balance and stay still or something like that. I didn't quite get that one. There's another one that's like samurai sword fighting. There's, yeah, it's it, basically it's Wii, this console's Wii Sports. It's the things that should be showing off the technology to the person that just bought it. And Wii Sports was free, and it was super cool because you could sit there and play tennis and bowling, and it was showing off all the little things that, that mm-hmm. we could do. That's what this should be. And they've taken it out of a built-in and made it a full-paid game, and that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't think anything I just described sounds like something you should be paying for. No, in fact, it reinforces my earlier opinion that it's probably not going to be worth buying. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just one thing. There's there's other games out there. Skylanders is going to be a launch game. Uh, and the newest Skylanders is super cool. We got it for Ian for Christmas, and it's amazing. And so that if you don't already have that and you're getting a Wii Switch or a Nintendo Switch, I would suggest it for anybody that's looking for something. They, they, they pre-ordered their Switch. There's like five games that are coming out at launch, and that's one of them. I would pick that up, sure, if you don't have it. I can't remember what some of the other ones were. I, a friend of mine at the game store is, is really excited about Oh, no, I can't remember. But it almost looks like Eco. Uh, if anybody remembers Eco, it has oh, that dolphin? kind of... Oh, yeah. No, that's Echo. Eco oh, okay. is Eco's the same... Pe- was the, the last first Guardian? Game from, yeah, it, uh, it's, yeah the, it was the first game from the people that made The Last Guardian and Shadow of the Colossus. You were played this little kid that woke up in the middle of a temple. This might have been a Dreamcast game. Um, you woke up in the middle of a temple, and there was a girl there, too, and you had to lead the girl out of, the, out of this huge temple complex. 
super cool game, kind of a cult classic. But anyways, this new new game that I now I can't think of the name of it. I, I wish I could, but it kind of looks like that. That looks intriguing. It's kind of cell shaded. Looks neat. So I don't know. We'll see. Rhyme is the uh, the game I was trying to think of. It is the one that kind of looks like Eco. I was just looking at the list of the the next year for Switch. Splatoon is super cool. There's Splatoon Two is coming out at some point during the summer. That that's a fun game for kids. That, this is going to be their big problem. Is just not there's being able to have all of your games for the next year in like I'm looking at a little infographic that is two inches by four inches. That's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. There's maybe 20 games for the first year, and again, the this Reggie claims that that's not the complete list. So we'll see. And they keep hanging a lot on Skyrim. I, that worries me too. It's like, yeah, that's cool, but that's getting to be what five years old now, if not older. Uh, picked up Witcher during the winter sale, and so I've been playing that. It's such a good game. Did it recognize your previous game save? No, well, because this I bought this one. I decided I just was going to start over. So this one's on my PC. I never had a game save on my PC. Uh, it's like yeah. the PS4 made me start over, and it's like you know what? We'll just forget it. We'll just start completely over, and we'll play it on a really super good-looking system. Very nice. I also bought every other game in, that's on Steam during the Steam sale. So, <laughs> oh, there were uh, so many good sales. There was, yeah. I, it was kind of crazy. There was a, a good solid two weeks of just madness of just no, gotta buy it, need it. Sixty <laughs> percent off, have to buy. I bought that. I bought Besieged or Besiege, uh, which is a super super fun like physics game. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I think it was all of five dollars. And maybe That's regular awesome. regular price, it's like eight. It's like uh, you build siege siege equipment, and it's but it's like a physics game, and you you mm-hmm. build the equipment however you want. You just have little pieces and little chunks and you can do whatever you want with it and so it's, it's a ton of fun it's a Very blast nice. yeah i might have to check that out one of these years yeah like i said i mean it's i think full price it's like a whole eight dollars or something it's too much <laughs> but yeah i yeah, just yeah. have a massive backlog of shame and i need to uh probably do mass effect before the new one comes out because it'll yeah. be out like after i blink yeah, getting caught or trying to play Mass Effect again before the new one comes out would be a good idea. I've never actually finished the third. All right, I finished. Did I even start? I don't know if I even started the third one. Yeah, so that's, I, that's where my shame is at. Yeah, I started the first one like about three months ago, I think, and I'm like, I just don't have time to dedicate to this right now. I don't know when I will, but so you've never played it. I own all of them and all the DLC. Like, in, but you've never, ever, ever finished it? Is that what you're saying? I've, n- I've never played more, other than, like, two months, three months ago, whenever it was, that I, that I played the first opening introductory planet. I haven't oh, wow. played it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've finished the first two multiple times. I've just never played the third one. Wow. You're, yeah, you're in for a treat. I mean, that's a huge, super cool story. I'm excited. I just need to make the time. Yeah, you definitely do, because I, I wonder what they're going to do with the, uh, I guess it's a brand new everything, so probably nothing yeah. gets brought over, they don't even mention it, but, you know, that was a a big one where they did such a good job of, the things you did in this story made a difference in the second episode, which made a difference in the third episode, so. I don't think any of it's going to carry over, I think it's just the same universe, but nothing yeah. from your decisions. I would imagine none of it matters. I wonder if they talk about it, though, like in the background, like they did a really cool job with that in the the third episode or the third game of Dragon Age, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they carried that over really well. They made this really neat intricate uh, website that you could go to and kind of plug in all of it right down to real small minutia um, into this website, but in a really kind of interesting and interactive way. You made this really neat tableau this really neat yeah tableau i guess is the is a real good word bunch of pictures all kind of together Uh and then you could import that into the third version i wonder if they would do that with this at all so that people at least mentioned oh yeah captain shepherd did this or whatever as they're wandering around yeah they might i don't know we'll we'll have to see i I would assume they'd need to say something about that pretty quick if they are yeah yeah probably 
Yeah, that's um, that would be a good one to get caught up on. The I've noticed they also added all those to the the EA and Origins vaults. If anybody subscribes to those, um, you can play them. The only thing that I've been hearing about lately is this game on Steam called Paladins. Yeah, um, yeah. it's like uh, the way that I've seen it described is an Overwatch kind yeah. of imitator per se, um, except that it's free to play instead of you have to pay the money up front like Blizzard did. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't had a chance to check it out, but that's probably the next game that's on my radar, um, mostly just because it's free. I See, this is, again, my problem with a lot of the systems and stuff, too. It's like, you know, I can get a game and, and try it out for free pretty much on steam anywhere you can get any kind of game you want and try it for free basically that's not 100 percent true but you get the idea mm -hmm. and so then when the systems come along and they expect you to first pony up the money for the gaming system and then they expect you to pony up the money for the game too it's like that's an awful lot of investment that i don't know if i'm even gonna like the game you know yeah for sure so i agree but uh that's just kind of my personal opinion about why free-to-play games are the way that the future should go. <laughs> yeah, as long as they so, can keep... Paladins looks really good. As long yeah. as they can keep um, bringing quality to it, for sure. Um, yeah, well, free-to-play, I always liked the... Um, I, I like uh, the Guild Wars model, where, yeah, it was 60 bucks, but it you... Um, or whatever it was, but you still got into a server game, you know, an MMO type game, you, mm -hmm. 60 bucks was the one time pay, you know, you didn't ever have to pay again. There wasn't gates on that one either. Like star Wars has gone free to play, but there's these big yeah, gates lots where, of gating and stuff, yeah. eh, which is obnoxious. You know, they just kept making their money by selling, uh, you know, they, you had to pay for the updates and then you had to pay for, uh, there was in-game purchases, but none of them were, it wasn't pay to play. You didn't have or pay to win. You didn't have mm -hmm. to buy that stuff. So I kind of like that model too. Well, you know, that's see a lot of the MOBA games, Mm -hmm. That seems to be a pretty good... They're able to find a good balance where you don't have to pay to win. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots of stuff that, you know, you kind of do want to pay for, like the costumes. Right. To express your personality fun. or whatever. Yeah, pay for fun. Yeah. Um, Which I think is honestly why most of them are doing so well. I mean, League of Legends is still, like, top three every time I oh, open yeah. up the Twitch webpage. Um. Dota, not so much, but it was Steam's number one played game last year, I think, is what the mm -hmm. the report I read was. That's how I heard about Paladins, because Paladins was, it was in the top ten, I think. It wasn't nearly as close to Dota 2, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I think those have a good balance. The problem with them is that you really have to rely on your teammates and other people in order to have a good game. Mm -hmm. And so that's not a thing for everybody where, you know, they don't want to go into it and, and get chewed out for making one little mistake, which right. happens right. quite a bit in those situations. Yeah. So. Well, and the, the, I guess one, another cool model there is the business model is the steam's, what is it, early access or whatever? I mean, look at, we've been enjoying uh -huh. ARC for a year now, and it's not technically out yet. I love the idea that I'm paying somebody to keep develop developing something. It's like, oh, I think you've done a good job so far. Here's some more money. Please continue. You know, I, I, I think that's mm -hmm. a way cooler business model. So who knows? You know, maybe ARC, when it fully comes out, it'll be 60 bucks or whatever. And the people that didn't get on the bandwagon can pay that full price. I love the idea <laughs> See, that, that I'm supporting these guys good, yeah. as they go along. Or, you know, like they had Scorched Earth come out, and it's like, you guys did good enough to this point. I'll give you some more money for Scorched Earth. Or even mm -hmm. if the, they haven't, I would be willing to give more for the tech tree or whatever. And, the, you know, 
if it's that massive of a of an addition, you know, the, maybe tech tree is a bad example because it won't be that big of a jump. But I like this idea of incrementally paying for people as they continue to develop develop the game. Well, and the other benefit to that is, like you were saying, it's it's less of a it's less of an upfront cost. Yeah. So you know, and that's that's honestly what I really think is missing from the console games in general is you don't get that kind of you know let's you can try it for a lesser cost or whatever you can play it for free and then if you like it then you can buy it or you can you know buy the early access and then later on if the game costs more you want to buy you know the add-on or whatever but they expect the money up front for the console games i just don't think that's going to be a sustainable model anymore well, that yeah. is changing a little bit um, with Xbox. Um, that they do have some games on preview, not a lot, but Ark, yeah, um, Elite Dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. There, there are a few others um, yeah. where you can get them at like I think Elite Dangerous. I want to say was twenty or thirty. Ark is thirty, but it's been on sale a billion times for yeah. much less. So it is changing a little bit, but generally speaking, Xbox Marketplace and certainly the PlayStation Marketplace is not Steam. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Speaking of money for games and sixty dollars up front and things like that, I f- I feel like we're going through another holiday season because. There is like a million games between uh, that are coming up in the next like three months. The between like next week and the, and the next maybe two months out that I need to buy. I need um, Resident Evil. I need Horizon Zero Dawn. Speaking of PlayStation exclusives, yeah. Um, <laughs> I need For Honor. I mean, there's a bunch of really cool games coming out in the next couple months oh, and you know some of those aren't necessarily my cup of meat but um uh halo wars 2 is coming yeah, out that's as well um and Ooh, yeah i don't have my list in front of me but yes there are a lot of really good games coming uh Ma- mass effect yeah uh it's coming march 21st um yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. Usually there's one or two solid games that come out in the springtime, but you know, I, I say springtime is like February or January through April. Yeah. But there's a lot this year. Yeah, it really seems like there's more than usual. It's usually it seems like there's one a month or so, but we're we've got a pretty good chunk of games that are coming out. And that well, and said, pe- everything that I list listed should be your your cup of tea. It makes its insanity that you wouldn't. Yeah, be for for honor was was probably one of the, the coolest one there games that you've was, ever played. Uh, I know, no, I agree. No, no. <laughs> it was not. I just, it, I, I, it is well done for what it is, and there is definitely a large audience for out, out for it out there that will love it. I am in not that, that audience. Genre, it is amazing in like arena fighting or for. If you, if you want to throw it, lump it in with first-person shooters because it's kind of a twitched fighting base game, or if you want to call it an arena fighting, I, I wouldn't really call it... It's, it's its own thing. I don't think it really fits any genre exactly. But I would agree with that. It's like a, a mix between... It's a narrower version of a MOBA yeah. with a very strong arena fighting component to it. Yeah, I... is how all, I would I am... try to describe it. I got almost all the way through Star Wars just doing PvP, so it definitely appeals to me. I love the idea of not just like because I can't stand Call of Duty in those games, but this is a, a skill-based, fun thinking PvP, and that's what I go in for. It's an RPG PvP, so it, it takes out all the MMO part of the, it, rips that part out of the PvP, and just leaves the fun bit. And not that the I, I'm. World of Warcraft, or so it's not like I don't like the other bit, but I love this, and so that's why I think I like For Honor so much. And some of the detail in like the augmentations and the things that you can unlock for the weapons and building your own weapon, where it's like the, even the hilt matters. The little tiny hook that you put on the bottom of your axe as a barbarian changes how that axe works and stuff, and they put some really <laughs> deep thought into it. It's really cool. 
Yeah, and and I don't dispute any of those points. Uh, it's just not. I mean, I Star Wars PvP is probably my favorite PvP since yeah, that was the good. good old the the Halo Knights. And I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just comparing my enjoyment of them. But this was it, it, this is not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, but the definitely the uh, Zero Horizon Dawn or whatever for PS4. Horizon if I had yeah. yeah, if I had a PS4, that is definitely something I'd want to pick up. There have been some rumors about that, but you never know with rumors. Um, like coming to a different system? Or? No, no, yeah. that there are some issues in development with it, but you hear rumors about lots of oh, games, and they come out yeah. just fine, and lots of movies, and they come out just fine. Um, so I, I would definitely be interested in that had, if I had a PS4, but uh, I do not yet. Yeah, that one looks super cool. It looks like a, a tech version of or a uh it almost kind of looks it reminds me a lot of watching the interface even reminds me a lot of the uh uh far cry primal except with tech dinosaurs instead of cavemen i think uh, that's a good comparison based on yeah. what we've seen at least well and even the the interface it really looks like they just ripped the interface out of far cry it's real kind of it, the map looks like far cry's map the way you select weapons looks like far cry's map uh, way of doing it it's real strange because it's totally different companies, so I thought it was thought that was a little weird. But well, it might be someone who thought Far Far Cry Primal was disappointing UIs and, yeah. and leaving a lot on the table. So I thought, well, they failed to market on what yeah. could have been something better. Let's let's make what it should have been. Yeah, I was hoping for more out of that game. That's I guess that's a a lot of people were digression. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, there there are a lot of big games coming out this spring. I'm excited that Resident Evil is going back to being Resident Evil again, not crazy Japanese nonsense. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. so glad we didn't try that on VR at CES. I only want to play that in <laughs> VR. I am so ready for that. I was so hurt myself, just like jerking around to see what's trying to kill me from behind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I fully expect to just be a twitching blob on the, just crying in the corner out of fear, but that's what that's what I fell in love with the first Resident Evil for, because I was scared the entire time I was playing it. Oh, so yeah. I, I want that uh, that visceral fear. I can't wait. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, for our CES and stuff wrap-up. Um, we are going to be hopefully hitting up a, another regular episode next week, and maybe we can get Dan in on it. And uh, I'm still here, guys. Don't ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, uh, Matt and Sean. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Later. anyone who has ever either lives in Vegas or goes out there for a convention or for other activities, there's a restaurant called Pot Liquor. And liquor Yikes. is spelled like the beverage liquor, not like someone who licks a pot. All of it sounds <laughs> horrible and amazing to me. I am going to um, go back right now. It is the best barbecue I have ever had. Now, I am a big fan. I am a big fan of pulled pork. All pulled pork I have had anywhere else in my entire life is garbage. I don't yeah, know if should... I could ever eat pulled pork again. I mean, and the, <laughs> the like, we had a we had a platter. There were there were two of us there, and we are both large men of large appetites. <laughs> and the 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 server recommended a different one, which was a little bit bigger because it had more variety on there. We could not finish. We didn't come close to finishing the meal. We split one thing, and we could not finish it, and I almost cried to leave some of it there. Yeah. Oh. But our hotel did not have a fridge. I should have brought home some, oh, some anyway. But, uh, oh, it was so good. The brisket, <laughs> the pulled pork, the chicken, the the cornbread, huh. the sweet potatoes. Oh, it was good. Yeah, pot liquor sounds very different than, yeah, the the title sounds different than your description i i would say if you're going to tell your wife that you went to pot liquors i would maybe start with hey i went to this barbecue place named pot liquors <laughs> <laughs>
I think it makes more sense if it was the other way around. If it was uh, someone who licks things, licking the pot clean. Yeah. Yikes. But. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that lives, I guess since Dave's doing announcements about Las Vegas, for anybody that lives in Las Vegas, I am very sorry. You live in a frightening, dirty hole. It's even... <laughs> I've never been someplace so filthy. I've been to Vegas a couple of times, but yeah, it was just uh, the convention center is in a frightening neighborhood. Any hotels that aren't directly on the strip are in a frightening uh, neighborhood. Yeah, it is a scary place, and I'm well, sorry for all of you. Well, I wouldn't. I, our hotel that I was at was uh, right by Fremont Street. We stayed at the Plaza. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I I wanted to get something like a souvenir for my for my wife and kids and stuff. Um, and what do you get from Vegas that's not awful anyway? Right. But <laughs> so I went out on Fremont Street, and I I have heard that it's really nope. cool. They have this big dome show of lights, and that was cool. But there was this lady that was probably three hundred pounds wearing pasties, and it was yep. like topless nuns. Did you see I, the topless nuns? What? I did not see what? the topless nuns. Oh, she was the only one I saw, but it was like, wow. Oh, you got lucky because there's a lot of that on that street. I've been there a few times, and yeah, there's a lot of nonsense on that street. Oh. <laughs> I, it's been a while since I've been to Vegas, but I remember the one thing that I remember from not the strip, and this is probably even on the strip, was just the flyers for escorts yeah. littering the sidewalk. And then the the guys that hand those out they call them slappers because they slap those real loud so that they you know that they're there and they start passing uh, them out. Yeah. Well, is it, when I last time I've only been there twice. Last time I was there, I was there standing walking down the street with my wife pushing the stroller with my six month old son, and they were still trying to give me that crap. I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. I mean, they're just gonna make my son hungry. Yeah. 